Welcome to Arvind's People, where I, Arvind, get to talk to some of my favorite people. Today, I'm here with the head of the drama department, Mr. Yarnell. How are you today, Mr. Yarnell? Doing pretty well, Arvind. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. So my first question would be, how long have you been the teacher of the drama program here at Blue Valley High School? Yeah, this is my 11th year here at Blue Valley High School and my 29th year in the district. So I've been in Blue Valley for a long time, but specifically here, a little over a decade. Is, this the, is Blue Valley the longest school that you've been at as the drama teacher? No, this is only the second school I've ever been at. When, uh, when, when my kids were little, I've got four kids. And when my kids were little, I taught middle school. I was at Leewood Middle School. And that was really nice because, you know, if you're a high school drama teacher, especially we, we've got a big department here. So it's a lot of hours. So it was nice being able to go home and see the kids and do that. But then when my youngest went to high school, so did I. So we both, <laughs> we both kind of moved up together at the same time. And and so now, of course, they're all out of the house and it's just me and, me and my bride. That's nice. So what did you do before you became the, uh, a, like a drama teacher? Were you anything before that in the kind of industry? Yeah, I, uh, I, I was a, a DJ for a little while. I was on air at uh, oh, wow. 9 KLZR and uh, then uh, also KLWN in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, uh, so I did that for a little while, but uh, I never really wanted to be a performer. I love performing, but I, I never wanted the, some of the lifestyle that goes with that. So, uh, so I got into teaching probably in my mid-20s, a few years after most people do, but I'd kind of done a few other things and, and that's what I've been doing ever since. So you mentioned you were a DJ. Does that have anything to do like helping you when you're doing stuff like musicals, musical numbers? Does that have any effect on, on that kind of thing? I'm sure there are some ways that really has, has been of benefit. The thing that is so different as technology has changed so much. That was the, the 1980s, 89 is when I was on air. And so we had reel to reels, we had uh, eight track tape. They, they were like eight track tapes. Uh, we did use CDs, but CDs were kind of new back then. So a lot of the technology has really changed a lot. I, I mean, there were some things I played old records, you'd have to spin it backward and get a, a core current. <laughs> so when it starts, it starts at the right time. And so there are a lot of things like that that just don't apply very much anymore, but I'm sure there are some skills that I learned along the way that I've used and maybe just don't think about too much. Um, so my biggest question that I probably have is, so when I look at the drama program, I think that the biggest thing that people will get out of it is not necessarily the, like the acting skills, but more to be comfortable speaking in front of people. So uh, you obviously must get a lot of people who are probably afraid to get on stage and talk in front of people. I know I used to be a lot, especially like in middle school. Um, I used to be, I used to be in the, like the elementary school plays, yeah. but when you're in the elementary school plays, it's not like high school where you're like a little bit more worried about what people think about you. You know, in elementary school, it's kind of like whatever, you know, you're in front of your parents, but right. you must get a lot of people who are, you know, a lot really afraid to get on stage. So how do you help them? What are some techniques that you give them or how do you help them get more comfortable? Yeah, you're exactly right. A lot of kids, they come in not because they want to be performers necessarily. They just want to be more confident, more comfortable with who they are. <clears throat> and, you know, I think everything's about taking small steps. So if you ask a kid to, okay, what we'd like you to do is, you know, dance like a maniac while singing opera on day one, no <laughs> one can do that. Um, you know, you have to take small steps. What's a normal thing that anyone really could do? Uh, when I taught middle school and I would teach speech class, I got every student in the school back then. And so the sixth graders would come in pretty terrified. And so we would sit in a big circle and everybody would just tell a story of either something that, something that happened at a restaurant or an animal or a vacation story. And then we'd go to the next person. So it was a speech without really being much of a speech. 
It was just you talking about something you had a lot of confidence and familiarity with. And then you just keep taking those steps as to what's next. And the same thing when we do beginning acting, we start with some things that are very, very simple and no one's going to be scared of. And then you just kind of keep taking what's the one step after that. And then by the time you've gotten through beginning acting and advanced acting, a lot of kids are ready to be in a rep theater program. And then you're working on shows and we can work on specific uh, skills at that point. So one of, so a question that I have when I look at acting is what constitutes a role being like more difficult than being in another role? Because, you know, from the outside, sometimes it can all look like, oh, it's just acting. It's kind of all, you know, the same. So what constitutes being more difficult um, than being easy? Yeah, there, there are certain roles that really require a lot of a person. If you have to uh, be vulnerable, you know, if your character has to, let's say your character has to cry on stage, like, and really do it believably, or you have to scream or do something that you think like this, like, wow, you're really, you're, you're going out and doing something that's kind of an extreme thing or something we don't see people do all the time. Those are harder roles. And there are certainly character roles or things that people have to do. If you have to do something that has a, um, a different physicality about it or, or things like that, there's certainly things that are going to push you outside your comfort zone. And those things that are difficult for a lot of people, well, those have got to be labeled as harder roles than just being, and you are going to be a normal teenager <laughs> who just says a couple lines to mom in scene one, you know, that there's no challenge in that. So, so it really comes down to asking kids to do something that pushes them outside of what a lot of other people would be able to do. Is that something is something that you do to try and help your actors do you give them a rule that you maybe think they're going to kind of struggle with this but i'll give it to them because i want them to maybe try and try their best to get into that role and that makes them a little bit better is that something you try and do exactly you, know, you can't do that with everybody uh, of course not every show is going to have that kind of an opportunity for everyone but over time you've got chances to some kids can be challenged the show uh, and an opportunity for them to grow in a way that really be good for them. And then other kids, I think of as you're kind of an anchor for the show. You are pretty at home with what you're being asked to do, but you're really going to be a solid anchor for the rest of us as some people are stepping outside their comfort zone and then the next show might be flipped around. Okay, so uh, that, so when you're doing in drama, in the actual classes, the acting classes, how do the, are there like periodic performances throughout the year that you would do for like parents? or is it just, you kind of just do it in the class? If, it's, if it is beginning or advanced acting, there are no assignments that are seen by parents. Uh, it's, it's just exercises and it's, it's like your mom watching your math class, you know, like nobody's really doing that. But yeah. you know, once we get into rep theater, then we're doing shows that happen at night, usually a seven o'clock Thursday, Friday show. And we, we invite the public. And, and so this black box theater as shown here, has, uh, we can put about a hundred people or more. Uh, I think we've, the max we've had is a little over 200. So we get quite a few wow. people who come see a show. And so, yeah, a lot of people, I'd say we have at least a hundred people come see a show anytime we perform it. So uh, those are always done so that parents and friends, whoever can see it. I, I've been to a few and I, I have to say that I was, I was pretty, you know, surprised about how great, like the quality of it was, you know, the, because when you think of high school drama, you don't necessarily think of, you know, the, the, I mean, the acting is obviously really good, but the most surprise for me was the production quality of the sets and stuff when I went to go see, I think I went to go see Macbeth. Uh -huh. it's, it's, some of these kids are really talented, you know, to be able to, to make these, these sets. Um, so yeah. when you- yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Um, well, I was just gonna say, uh, we're really lucky here. We have, I'm not the only drama teacher. We have Ms. Davis here who, uh, builds a lot of sets. She and I were just talking about sets for an upcoming show here 
about 10 minutes ago. And then uh, it's, it's nice to have a partner who is helping you out, and especially with as many productions as we've got going on. I think if, if it were just me doing it by myself, that'd be pretty daunting, but she really takes a lot of that burden off me and I really appreciate that. So does that mean that if you want to join like one of the bigger productions for the, the you know, one of the school plays or school musicals, are there more roles that you can do other than just being an actor in the program? Yeah, we've got stage managers. Uh, we've got lights and boards, sound operators, you know, like doing things like that. Uh, we've got people who are in charge of props and costumes and programs and makeup and really a, a whole variety of things. And a lot of times people who, who love tech, of course, they start there. And people who aren't necessarily into tech theater, they, they end up realizing that, uh, you know, it's a chance for me to be part of the show and kind of learn the inner workings of it and they get involved for that reason too. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for them even if they don't get cast. That sounds pretty cool. It just seems like there's like a role kind of for everybody. Yeah, uh, I like to, to think so. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you obviously have quite a few classes and I always see like the drama kids are always in such a tight knit community. Is that something that you do on purpose or does that kind of just happen with these kids who kind of just all get along with each other? Um, you know, with, I think it, there are elements of both. One theater communities tend to be pretty accepting. And I think that's a really nice thing about it. You don't always get that everywhere, but, uh, but theater kids are usually a pretty accepting group. So I think that's really nice, but then you've got a foster community also. And so I think there are things that you've got to do to, to decide here's how we're going to take care of each other uh, the environment you as a teacher create it's got to be supportive and, and it's got to be fun and, and then if something is happening where things aren't going well you've got to you know kind of nip that in the bud early so that nobody thinks that that's okay in high school as you know a lot of times the way people even mess with each other even if they like each other is to to insult each other and put right. each other together, things like that and it just can't be part of theater because if you're doing something i feel like okay you know what i've got to do and like I've got to cry like a little baby in the scene and I need you guys to be cool with that and not give me a hard time. Cause if I know I'm getting judged, there's no way I, I'm going to protect my performance. And right. so you only get this. Whereas for me they're like, Oh my gosh, like, look what I'm doing. Like I'm really being vulnerable here, but in order for it to be good, you've got to be willing to do that. And that's not going to happen without a supportive group around you. Right. And I think, especially in high school where people really care about what, what people are going to be thinking, cause you know, it's that part of their life. Yep. It's really important, especially, you know, as you said, in theater where you got to be a little bit vulnerable, you got to put yourself out there a lot and perform in front of people doing something that, you know, it's sometimes from the outside can look a little bit embarrassing, maybe, but really, it's just kind of like art. Um, is that something that you try and, you know, um, try and like support? In, yeah, you know, listen, I, you, uh, I think you're honest something because what happens is the thing that's embarrassing, if you do it well, it's not embarrassing. It's embarrassing when you don't do it well, you, you don't give it everything, because now we see that you're uncomfortable with it and the performance was not very good and it ends up being a real trouble. But if you're willing to step outside and it's like, I'm going for it, then not only is it not embarrassing, people are can actually be moved by it. One of, one of my favorite things is I like when we're doing, I, I love it when we're in a rep show, so it's my sophomores. And I'm thinking about a specific thing that happened in a rep show where uh, adult men are crying at the show. And if you're like, man, because you saw a 15 year old girl who's clearly not really doing this for real she's reciting lines but because of the way she was able to do it and to be big and just like I, my character's really upset and i'm really gonna be emotional and raw but because of that this 42 year old man who really would rather be watching hockey you know is like <laughs> oh 
They're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, that's awesome. So, so you've got to be willing to do that. But if you can, you can get some really good results. Right. And I, I watch a lot of movies. I'm really a movie guy. And so, you know, acting is obviously also in movies. And when you see these, you know, um, these professional actors getting people to cry and they see these people getting, these people getting national acclaim. And then you, from the story, you just say, you see 15 year olds in our, in our own school doing the same thing. I think it's, it's pretty extraordinary, I think. Yeah, it's, it's something that's, uh, I think it's really rewarding to see that happen. And, and especially to see somebody come in day one as a 14 year old kid in high school and not really ready to, uh, to step into that. And if you said, by the way, next year, here's what you will have already accomplished. I think that's sounds, that sounds pretty difficult, but we're able to have a lot of success. We got so much talent, so many really good kids, and we've been at this for a long time. So I think we have a pretty good idea of how to get them there. So is there some kind of leadership kind of positions within the classroom? Because you said there are leadership positions within the, uh, the actual, uh, like the uh, school performances and stuff. Are there right. leadership positions inside the classrooms itself? Or is it just- Yeah, kind of well, we've got, there's Drama Club, which uh, runs all their own events. And in fact, I was just talking to Bryce Mary, he's the president. He was just talking to me about when they could have their next event. And it's pretty autonomous. They'll be in charge of when it is, where it is, what's going on. I show up just to kind of oversee it in an official capacity, but I don't run anything. And then we've got, uh, we've actually got a, True Board, which is a, a different group that's in charge of, of running things with a different um, set of tasks they do. And then our, our fifth wall team is led by two students, a junior and a senior every year who are in charge of all that. And then in shows, you know, when we're right now, second hour is doing a show called Abominable and one of the sophomores is the stage manager. So she's in charge of a lot of the, the intricacies of things that I'm having her do. And it's, it's given her a chance to be in charge of, hey guys, don't, don't forget we got this and this, and she's able to do that. So I just think it really affords you a lot of opportunities for, for leadership, if that's something you'd be interested in doing. So just another perk. So I'm gonna move on a little bit to the actual school performances. Okay. Um, how do you pick the literature that you wanna do for, is it, do you see the talent that you maybe have and be like, okay, I can see this person, this role, this person, this role, or do you see, or do you pick something and then are like, okay, these people will have to adapt to what I pick in this performances to try and better their skills. Yeah, what we do is we do try to cut, make sure we can cover the requirements of a show. Uh, so if, if you've got a show that requires a, a skill set that you just don't think you have, then it would be foolish to pick that. But I'm not, I'm not really into picking a show because I think, you know what, this kid's a senior and I think they'd be great in this show. So we're gonna do this show for them. I don't really do that. I think that it, is not fair to other kids who might have an awesome audition like yeah but i kind of picked it for them so i i don't do that um but but i think that a lot of the kids are able to adapt to the things that we are doing and and it, and then i like to just do things that have a lot of variety so we're not doing the same kinds of shows all the time that's one thing that's been really important to me it must be really hard to have to maybe say people oh you're not right for this role because you know because you see these people every day as a teacher probably and you know, for coaches, maybe they don't see the kids after they, they cut them, but you get to see them. Is that something that's hard for you having to say, maybe you're not really right for this role? Yeah, the, the hard thing is you could have the second best audition out of the entire group, but you're only right for one part. And if the person who had the best audition is for the same part and she's even a better fit than you are, you might not only not be the point guard, but you right. may not be on the team at all. You know, uh, so it's not like you can be the shooting guard or come off the bench as a six man. No, you're you're out. 
And, and I can't say, by the way, you were super close to being the lead, but instead you're not in it at all. You, you cannot say that. Mm -hmm. so, so that's pretty tough. And I, I tell kids freshman year that unfortunately you have to get ready for me to disappoint you sometimes because I can't, I can't put everybody in the lead. You know, it, uh, so many departments, you know, if, if you have great artwork, all the art can go up on the wall and there right. might be a, a prime spot or you, know, <laughs> you may get some, some opportunities that have your art at district or something like that, but everybody's art can go up. And here, look, not everybody, there are only so many spots and maybe you get cast and you only have two lines. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not super fair all the time. And that's an unfortunate part of it, but that's just what goes along with it. One thing that I, although that is a really unfortunate, some people maybe not, won't get a role. I do think it, it can prepare those who want to go into the industry about, because I've heard about how cutthroat it is, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, some people will never get a role, even though they're fantastic actors or yeah, actresses. Yeah, no, no doubt. I've, I've had some kids who, um, who had a ton of talent and, and it never happened for them. And then other kids who were doing completely fine, but maybe weren't getting leads here. Um, we've had several kids who during my time here have gone on to be in some TV shows and some movies and things. And so, oh, wow. so that, which is really great. But if you were to say, who are the ones most likely to make it? Whoever the top 10 you'd think would be, of course, those 10 aren't all going to make it. And there's somebody who might not be in, in your top 10 list who still has a lot of talent, goes out and does something like, man, that was a, that was a really great opportunity you got. You just don't know. And then also people kind of grow at different rates. You know, sometimes you get a kid freshman year and they're already really strong. And other times the kid's kind of making their way. And then something happens and they turn a corner and then suddenly, man, like you went from like five miles an hour to 60 <laughs> miles. You got on the highway, man. That's awesome. And that happens sometimes too. So you just never know about how progress is going to come. But you're right. No matter how good you are, you're going to see a, a lot of rejection because that's what happens in this industry. So... In the so when you do a show, not a lot of people know how much work goes into it. Me really included. So how much like how early do you start before the actual show goes, and how much do you do every day before you actually are think you're ready to perform it? Um, the the rehearsal process itself is six to seven weeks. Before that, it depends on the complexities of a show. There are some shows that you have to do a lot of pre work for, and and so it really varies. There are times when I feel like in the summer, all I'm doing this week is work on a show that we'll be doing in six months. And that <laughs> happens sometimes. Um, but, but it's the same thing I tell the kids is that, you know, if you're, if you're not good at memorizing or if character is coming hard for you or whatever, or if you just can't find that costume, no one in the audience feels like, well, I know she's not good at memorizing, so we're going to give her a break. No, they want a good performance. Right. So if it takes me two hours or 200 hours of, of that pre-work as a director, no one ever thinks, do you think... How much time do you think he put into directing? <laughs> no one ever asks that. So you just, you do the work that's required. And because it's something that, that I enjoy, it's a pleasure to do. And I still, uh, I still enjoy doing it all these years later, but it really depends show to show. Some shows don't require much at all. And some shows require a lot. So what, what would pre-work entail? Like what, what kind of work do you, would you do before to like prepare for a show as a director? Well, some things you've got to do. For example, we're working on a show right now the spring play is two one acts because of time allocation that we've got. And in one of them called Digging Up the Boys, they're working with a Southern accent. And there are a number of Southern accents. Uh, we're going for more of an Appalachian kind of Southern, uh, sort of a Kentucky kind of sound. And so I have not used that particular accent for a while. So 
I had to go back and kind of refamiliarize myself with it and try to come up with a list of rules for, okay, as we're doing that, here are the things we're going to do for, for this, this Southern accent. It's just, you know, it's got a little bit of this kind of sound in it. And I haven't done it for a, whole, a long time myself. So mine's going to fluctuate a little bit. It might go a little bit more Georgia, that sort of genteel sort of Southern, or it might be sort of Texas and gets that harder sound. You know, so we're trying to find that. And, and so to get that, I've got to come up with here are the rules for how I think you and I are going to get there. And, and then uh, a lot of time you might do some dramaturg work where there's uh, looking up kind of the, the, the period and, and knowing the history and some of those things. And uh, it just depends on the show. Sometimes you might have to find, build, buy props that are difficult to come up with. And there's just a myriad of things you do. Uh, and it's really very show specific and can change drastically from one show to the next. Do you ever change any anything in the show, like add some stuff or subtract stuff to try and get it to where you think that we can, that the students can perform it or try and add your own thing to it? Usually if you're going to add, add or subtract lines, you need to get permission from the, the company and from the playwright. That's not something that we spend a lot of time doing, but, but we're always adding uh, some of our own touch as far as business. Business would just be those little detailed bits of action you're doing, little bits, comedy bits, maybe for a comedy show. And those kind of things uh, you have some more freedom with. So, so do we add those things? No question. We're always adding that kind of stuff into a show. Before, oh, so is it, does it ever get really stressful when, because you have a set deadline to when you're going to perform the show, when you're getting close to that deadline and you're maybe saying, are we going to be ready? Are we not going to be ready? Do you ever think about pushing the show back at all? Uh, we don't usually push shows back. We, we are pushing one show back. Uh, there's supposed to be a Zoom show called Abominable, which I referenced earlier. It's supposed to be this Friday, but one of our, uh, one of our actors, she made state in bowling. So, so we oh, can't wow. do the show. So <laughs> for that reason, it got moved, but I am not, I'm not into moving show dates. And I think that we've had a really good, success rate in having a show ready by a certain time. Uh, it's earlier in my career, there were times I felt like, man, if we just had a little more time. But I mean, at this point, I've been a part of over 300 shows. You get to a place where we know what we're doing and I don't think we have too much trouble getting there. So I can't remember the last time I felt like, oh, are we really ready? Um, it may happen once in a while, but that's not a common thing for us. Are you ever like nervous before a show before you're gonna watch one of your shows, or are you just completely confident always in your in your students? I I don't ever get nervous. I, I, a long time ago, I got nervous many many years ago. But um, I, like I said, you know, once you've done this as often as as we've done it, you know what you've got. The only thing that makes you nervous is if you have some kind of a special effect or something you're not sure of. We were doing 1984 some years ago, and we had to. Uh, well, we didn't have to, I guess it's something we added to the show, but we chose to crash through a glass wall. Uh, it was the end of act one, so it was a little lackluster. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if the, uh, the mind police, the thought police, whatever they, I forgot what they're called now, uh, they, they come crashing through a glass wall and catch them like, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> but I was nervous about that because you make the glass wall to break and now you've got to put it in place and have it be there exactly where you want it and not break. And so if, and if anything happens to it, we don't have extras of those. That took a long time to make. So I was always nervous getting those put in place because it was very, very delicate and you've got to get it just right. But we never had any problems and we crashed through it every night and it looked awesome every time. So 
but besides that, I don't get nervous. I'm not worried about the kids being ready. We've, we've got kids who really take this seriously and do great work. So I, I can't really think of the last time I felt nervous that an actor wasn't going to do a good job. Yeah, I have to say that this drama program has been, for the years that I've been in the school at least, have been has been really impressive. I've been really impressed. It's a really good, you know, it's, it's much higher level than what I assumed the high school um, acting and, and drama would be, definitely. And I think that's a testament to you as, as a teacher and definitely as a student as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many talented kids here and and it's nice because they, they expect themselves to do well. And, you know, when they set a high bar for themselves and they're already talented to begin with, you know, you get some really good results and it makes, makes me look good. So let's keep that going. And I definitely think as an, as an elective class, you, you always get people who are really, it seems like you get people who are really into it. And I think that, that really helps, helps the program. And there are so many of them as well um, who really yeah. want to push themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice being an elective where, where kids can try it out and see if it's what they like. You know, you get some kids who I think beginning acting, they come in freshman year, they're like, this seems like an easy A <laughs> class for that reason. And then one of two things happens. Either one, they realize I'm going to expect more than, than they thought and they don't stick around or they decide this is harder than I thought, but I'm actually really enjoying it. And then they, they stay anyway and we have a great time. So um, as long as they're willing to, to do the work the way I want them to, we're going to have a good time doing it. So I want to thank you very much for coming on the show, Mr. Urinell. Unfortunately, yep. that's all we have time for today and I'll see you guys next time.